welcome to the Live a Vibrant Life podcast. I'm Life Coach Kelly Tibbetts, and each week I'll be here to encourage and equip you with the tools you need to grow in self-awareness so that you can invest your best energy in your dreams and your purpose. I believe self-awareness changes everything. Let's get started. talking specifically today about the three ways that all of us as humans interpret the information of the world. We think, we feel, and then we process life somatically through our body. And I like to explain this using Legos, like if thinking was the yellow Lego and feeling was the red and green was your body, all of us would put those three areas of intelligence, those centers of intelligence in a different order. Some of us would be thinking first and then feeling, and then finally using our body to process information. And others would start with our body and then think and then feel. And if I had a group of people over and we made these little Lego figures, you could understand by looking around quickly that people think, feel, and do life differently. So wherever you process information from the start, it would be so great for to help you understand when you're using your thinking center, feeling center, and processing life somatically, what it is that you can be doing so that you stay healthy in every season and live a vibrant life. I spent 13 months at the Life Coach School, and there I learned that our thoughts create our feelings, and our feelings drive our actions. If you've done any kind of cognitive behavior therapy, that probably sounds very familiar. And the struggle is that we don't all notice our thoughts, then notice and process our feelings, and then decide from that body-centered somatic processing of information what we want to do and what we don't want to do. That takes a lot of work, and becoming self-aware is a lifelong process. But using that framework, we're going to talk about what it looks like. But be kind to yourself. If you notice that one of these centers of intelligence is really kind of hard to connect to, nothing's gone wrong. Maybe you'll notice a friend who's a little stronger in that area and you can do a little bit of this work together if that's a safe opportunity or just allow yourself, you know, some kindness and some grace as you're growing in that center. So the first area is your thoughts. And there's plenty of evidence out there that handwriting a journal is incredibly good for us as we begin to notice and process what we are thinking. So I've spoken many times about the artist's way. If you have any notebook at all at home, start there. You don't have to make it fancy, but gift yourself a few minutes a day when you have good mental energy. And I know you've probably heard from many people, do it first thing in the morning. And that is a great time to do it if you have mental energy then. But if you wake up completely mentally depleted, that might not be a good time for you to do any kind of journaling. You might need to wait till the afternoon. And so noticing when you have mental energy, it doesn't have to be very high, but you do need it. Take out a journal, write the date, and allow yourself to just write anything that comes to mind. As you're learning how to do this, what might come to mind might be a to-do list. It could even be like a grocery list or birthday presents you want to buy for people. Use that information as your first steps in learning how to process what you're thinking. That's what you're thinking. That's what's taking up most of your mental space. Write it down and allow yourself to open up some of that mental energy for processing information and discovering solutions. So taking time to notice what you're thinking 
begins with finding a way to process the information. Now, if you really truly are not getting anywhere with journaling, maybe you are such a verbal processor that you need somebody to speak to. And one of the things that I've done with my own coaches and I've used in my coaching community is the app called Voxer, where you can talk when it works for you. So if you're a verbal processor, maybe find somebody that you can just Voxer every day and say, hey, here's what I'm noticing. I'm thinking this and this and this. Um, Maybe you just want to have community and you want to have somebody come to your house and be able to share it, whatever works for you. But there is a lot of evidence that if you get a journal and you start writing every day, you're going to grow in your self-awareness. And so the Artist Way recommends three pages handwritten every day. I do not do that many. And I know for some people, having a limit of three pages is very helpful. Um, I know we live in 2023 as I'm recording this and you might think, oh, I'll just type it up on my computer. And I don't 100% understand why, but there are a lot of people who share evidence that it's doing it longhand, pen and paper, that really help us um, get to the deeper part of what we're thinking about. So the first part of being healthy in every season, especially as we go into the holidays, is taking the time to notice what I'm thinking. And the most important word for you to hold on to while you're noticing your thoughts is curious. If you've seen Ted Lasso, there's quite a few episodes where they do a good job explaining the gift of staying curious, of being curious, not judging yourself, not judging others. So without any judgment, just writing down, hey, this is what I'm noticing. So what I've done on my own path of learning how to notice what I'm thinking is I've allowed myself to write very silly, non-publishable poems. And for me, that's really served me. So the first one that I did, I was sitting on my porch. I just discovered the artist way. Um, I had ended the season of being a pastor. I was stepping into life coaching. I was growing in my self-awareness. And so I had a rhododendron and um, they had, you know, some pink flowers that were blooming on the rhododendron. And I wrote something like bumblebees on my bubblegum pink flower. And I loved that sentence. (laughs) And so um, you might think, oh, I'm not a writer. I can't do anything about journaling. It's just not in me. I don't know. Give yourself a few minutes. Let yourself try. I always talk about when I was a kindergarten teacher and a children's pastor, three and four-year-olds, five-year-olds sometimes, they're so good at thinking they are still such a genius in everything. And we are so hard on ourselves. We forget that there is a little genius inside of you. So give him or her some space with a journal and just allow yourself to write an acrostic poem. Um, You know, challenge yourself to notice five things that are read and write a little bit about it. Whatever you need to do to be creative with your thoughts would really serve you. So that's the first step. Hey, let's notice what we're thinking. And those thoughts are so powerful. They're driving your feelings. I never knew this. I never knew that my feelings were created by my thoughts. I thought my feelings were created by all the circumstances in my life, what people said, what people did, what they didn't do, what they didn't say. And I realize now that I have all the power in the world because my thoughts are creating my feelings. And if I want to feel something like peaceful, it's my work to find the thoughts that bring peace into my life. So leading us from thoughts over to feelings, feelings are vibrations in your body that were created by a thought. So if you think something like, oh no, there's a bear, you'll probably feel afraid. And that is a fantastic feeling. Fear helps you move away from danger. What is not fantastic is when your brain says there's probably a bear over there and you're at the ocean and there really isn't any chance of it. And it's keeping you from getting out of your car and going to sit at the ocean, which you love to do. And so that's more of an anxious, terror-filled future thought. That is isn't serving you. But fear itself, when we actually are afraid of something, it's good information. We don't have to make it bad to be afraid or bad to be angry. Angry is 
you know, anger is a feeling that allows you to know that a boundary that's important to you has been crossed. That's fantastic. We should all be really good at noticing and allowing feelings, no matter what they are and not judging them. You know, our bodies and our brains are doing the very best to keep us safe and alive. That's the work of a body and a brain, but our consciousness also is here so that we can discover if this is a thought or feeling that's serving us. And so once you have a feeling, we don't get to decide not to have the feeling. It's here. We need to say, oh, hello and allow it. And so how do you allow a feeling? If possible, you can just close your eyes and put your hands on your heart and notice where there are some vibrations in your body. Many people, when they're sad, might have tears behind their eyes. And when they start to cry, part of that feeling, that vibration of sadness, um, you know, gets a little smaller. It starts to move out. Now you might have that same thought again. Oh, I really miss my dog. And all of a sudden that feeling is back and nothing's gone wrong. That's how humans work. We think a thought, then feel a feeling. But the gift that you can give yourself is to allow your feelings to notice them and to just be with them. And so as I've been working on discovering my feelings, I found all this work that we can notice our feelings by describing them with a color or a shape. Are they still? Are they heavy? And so the more attention you give your feeling, it's like it loosens up and it moves through you. It's a vibration. And those vibrations then keep you from doing things you want to do or push you towards doing the things you want to do. So vibrations of feelings can either make you do or not do things that are important to you. And that's what we want to talk about today is in your body, you are processing life somatically, which just means through your body, right? And so have you ever noticed a tight shoulder or maybe something in your stomach that feels like a butterfly? Or maybe you've been working really hard all day and all of a sudden you're like, oh, my jaw is really tight or I have a headache. That's our body giving us some information. And so this week I was listening to the armchair expert with Dak Shepard. It's one of the podcasts I like. And he had Gretchen Rubin on talking about the five senses and how we can use our you know, ability to pay attention to ourselves to grow in happiness. And I think that's one of the words that describes living a vibrant life, a happy life. And so if we can use our five senses in order to become happier, why wouldn't we do it? So again, you think a thought, which makes you feel a feeling, which then either pushes you towards or away from an action. And one of the ways that you can connect to your body and really help you align in your decision-making, do I want to do this? Do I not want to do that? is to pay attention to our five senses. So if you want to find Gretchen Rubin, she has um, a great website where she talks about a lot of really interesting things that she's learned about as she's been studying and discovering happiness. But one of the things I thought was great is she has on her GretchenRubin.com page a way to grow in creativity. And so that's an area that's important to me. It's something that I did not pay enough attention to for most of my life. And, you know, now that I'm aware of it, all of a sudden it's everywhere. I can notice creativity and the ability to, you know, think new thoughts and feel new feelings. So let's start with connecting to sight in a way that brings us more joy and more happiness. So if you could go for a walk outside and you decide to look at your neighborhood with the eyes of a tourist and your goal is to see the things that you think are beautiful. So when I was on vacation this summer, I did this before I even learned this tool. We happened to be near the ocean. There were deer walking by. There were flowers everywhere. And it was like my senses were open and receptive. And I was walking around noticing all that. But I don't often do that in my own neighborhood. 
neighborhood. The only thing I do is I remember from the color purple, a, a line about, you know, God putting out purple things and we don't even pay attention to them. I'm totally misquoting that. But I try to notice when the color purple is out in nature. So what could you do if you went for a walk? Is there like a color you'd like to notice? Is there something like a flower or trees or birds? Just being perceptive about that. Um, maybe put a plant on your desk and notice every day how it begins to change. And um, the final one she has is, you know, go to a quiet space that works for you, close your eyes and picture a favorite space from when you were young. I would go back in time to a library that was in the city I was from and I just loved everything about it. But maybe you have a different place, a Christmas tree that you loved when you were a child or um, your first home, whatever it is, take some time and notice how does thinking about things and seeing things affect your energy. Next is hearing. And so this was such a good idea that she talked about in the podcast. When you have something important to do, what kind of noise do you need? Do you need silence? Do you need sort of background noise like a Starbucks? Do you need pink, brown, white noise in your headphones? Or do you need songs with lyrics or without lyrics? I think most of us live unexamined lives. We don't even know what serves us. And once we can decide it, then we can use that information. It's a coaching tool that we can apply to our own life. So what kind of noise do you need right now? Do you need more noise, less noise, songs with music, songs without music, and then make it a tool. Hey, when I'm feeling overwhelmed, confused, frustrated, I know that if I turn on some song that has words that I love, um, I'll start to feel differently. Again, all of this is just self-awareness, but it's so amazingly impactful. Okay, the third one was smelling. And for me, I didn't even realize until I listened to this how important a sense that is for me. I love when I go to a place. There used to be a grocery store called Fresh Market near where I lived, and I loved how it smelled. Um, I like going into World Market. It's got a little common theme there, doesn't it? Um, but there are places I go, and I realize it's because I love essential oils, and smelling is actually a sense that I enjoy. And so now that I've learned this, I want to make sure that I'm applying it to my own life. Make sure that because I have access to essential oils and a diffuser, that I use it more often. Um, it's probably why some people bake, right? It just makes like a nice smell in their house. So what smells do you enjoy? Are you getting a chance to enjoy them? Um, maybe that's why you garden because you love the smell of the flowers as they come on. Maybe you like making tea because it has, you know, that special smell. Okay, next is taste. And many of us are aware of that. What taste, though, do you enjoy? Are you making sure that you make a space for that? Um, and then finally, touch. So this tool was amazing. She said, many of us keep clothes because we like how they look, but we don't like how they feel. And that's why we don't wear them. Isn't that amazing? So she suggests that as the seasons change, um, take your clothes, but don't use a mirror. Just put them on, maybe close your eyes so you can't even see them and decide if you like how they feel. If you like how they feel, keep them. If you don't like how they feel, donate them. And so that's a tool I'll be trying to use. So as we go into the holiday season, I know you want to be healthy. I know you want to show up to these parties and to people in your home that you love and you don't want to be exhausted and depleted. You want to be living a vibrant life, healthy in every season. And you and I have been given the gift of thinking any thought and feeling any feeling and doing anything, connecting to our body somatically so that we can live these vibrant lives. And if you'd like some additional support as you go into the holiday season, it is not too late. You can join my coaching circle 
anytime and you'll have access to all of my material that I've created. We have an online library and I have live coaching sessions weekly that hold space for you to notice what you're thinking, notice what you're feeling. I can help you process those feelings. And then we can remember these are the somatic practices that serve you. And are you making time for them? So that's what I hope as you go into the holiday season. I'll be back next week and we'll be doing a little series on how to host this holiday and not lose your mind. Won't that be wonderful to end the holiday season and not feel depleted, not feel overwhelmed, but instead feel aligned and enthusiastic and excited to go into the new year with the energy you need to be peacefully productive. I hope you have a wonderful week. We'll talk soon. Thank you for joining the Live a Vibrant Life podcast. I hope our time together encourages and equips you to move forward in your vibrant life. To learn more, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook or visit my website, kellytibbets.com.